What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Lombardi Line with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard on VSEN. It is our number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. We begin our NFL playoff thoughts. Mike Pritchard got into the AFC in hour number one. We transition, get into the NFC in hour number two with the help of Josh Applebaum, who will join us in a half hour, host of VEASAN Morning Daily Bets. Of course, Mike Pritchard, to uh, his first playoff game, was a winner for the 91 Atlanta mm-hmm. Falcons. Six-point dogs over the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, NFC looks a little bit different now than it oh. did uh, 30 years ago, Chris, to <laughs> yeah. say the least. Uh, what do you think about the general state of the odds board as we head into the playoffs with Philly? Still favored, but only just right now over San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, top heavy. Uh, it was a year of the backup quarterback in the NFC. Um, there's so many backup quarterback situations throughout that uh, conference. Um, and, you know, in terms of teams being hot, you know, there's one. There's the 49ers. You know, and, and I think that goes to the depth of their roster, too. And uh, December football has been phenomenal for the 49ers. And uh, I think the mindset that they have is a proper one, certainly from Kyle and, and how they built that roster. So, like, if you look at all these teams on, on the list, I mean, the Eagles, are they healthy? No. They got, they got banged up at the wrong time, you know, in key positions. Um, so that's a concern. The Cowboys, I don't know about you, but I don't know how to trust that football team. Uh, and the head coach. I mean, you're familiar yeah. with uh, McCarthy from from the Packer days, but uh, the Buccaneers. You know, there's some things popping up about Tom Brady that makes you take a second and a third look at the Buccaneers right now, right? Uh, and and then also that roster too. So uh, the Vikings, yeah. I mean, the Vikings. Uh, fortunate that they got off uh, to the start that they did, and then certainly the way that they won some of these games uh, throughout. And, and then the Giants. We'll get to the Giants a little bit later on the program. 
But the Seahawks, they're a surprise team. Giants are a surprise team uh, to wind up in the playoffs, uh, if you ask me right now, too. You could look at the overall power ratings of 32 teams. Mm-hmm. And to me, Vikings, Giants, Seahawks are all outside the top <laughs> right. 14. To me, we have 14 playoff teams, and so are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So it, it automatically leads me to thinking, if you look at the odds board that we have, Eagles right now, the, that current betting favorite with the 49ers and Eagles, each under 2-1 to one at BetMGM yeah. at least. You can find some Niners 2-1s to ones out there. Those still exist in the market. We're 9-1 to one to win the NFC mm-hmm. at the time of Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, injury when when he went down uh, actually I should say when Trey Lance went down and was injured they were down to about four four or so to one right. when Garoppolo got hurt and we had the Brock Purdy experience uh, some two to one odds still out there for the 49ers Cowboys at five to one at, with the Eagles in that plus 170 to plus 175 range so is it fair to just say the four below them you're not giving it a crack at no shot it's really a three-team race, and even that third team, the Cowboys, it feels like a bit of a reach given the lack of form heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the NFC is like um, the SEC. It's top-heavy. Like, who on this list is LSU? You know, the outlier situation penetrating Alabama and Georgia. Uh, who's on this list that could be the upstart Tennessee type, right? I mean, it's not the Titans, but the, the Volunteers. Um, so that's how I look at this conference i mean it's so top heavy yeah two teams to choose from uh and in terms of surprises the tom brady one is there because there's some things uh popping up about tom brady for instance when you look at yards after catch for quarterbacks you know patrick mahomes and you know you look at travis kelsey and why this is significant is those shorter throws can turn into big plays mm-hmm. right uh justin herbert is second on the list with the playmakers around uh, yards after catch. Guess who's three? Is it that TB guy? It's that TB guy. guy. Which, I mean, it makes sense because A, throws the ball a ton, and B, his offensive line has not been good this year, so he has to get the ball out quick to right. get guys in space. So doesn't that neutralize what the Cowboys do defensively getting after the quarterback? I mean, getting rid of the ball, you can't get to Tom Brady. And so if he's third in the National Football League, third yeah. behind Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, and yards after the catch for a quarterback, I mean, that kind of just neutralizes a lot for the Cowboys defensively and their advantages right now. It's why the betting market is not <laughs> nearly the perceived number it was. We were having the conversation, Mike, three, four weeks ago saying, like, how high will the Cowboys be on the road, assuming it, that was the matchup, which ends up being the case. Number five seed Cowboys, fourth seed at Tampa Bay this week. Would it have been four and a half, five with mm-hmm. how bad Tampa looked? Well, with the recent lack of form for Dallas, numbers down to two and a half pretty much everywhere. Two and a half is threes, depending on where you look in the market. And that is, like, barring an upset by, like, you could see the Giants go into Philadelphia next week. If they pull an upset, relatively tightly lined game against the Eagles. I don't think any of us are giving Seattle a chance as 10-point road underdogs uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. But whether it's the Giants, Cowboys, or Buccaneers, those would be the three options that would go to Philadelphia next week getting the bye. I think you have to start at the top and say, with the vulnerabilities Philadelphia showed, a rusty Jalen Hurts last week against a bunch of backups for the Giants, do you feel like either Dallas, Tampa, or the Giants, depending on who gets through, can they win two games? Can they get past a Philadelphia team that looks, at least to me, Mike, like a team that peaked at about week 12 and has been slowly leaking oil ever since? Uh, yeah, I mean, the injuries are, are catching up to them, like you mentioned. I mean, that, that, that's so essential right now. I mean, Jalen, I don't think he's 100%. Watching him play the game, the way he played the game was just different. 
than he played earlier in the year. Um, they do have matchups still, Goddard and Brown and all these playmakers. Um, uh, and I was looking for them. So they are eighth, no, excuse me, ninth uh, in terms of yards after the catch for quarterbacks. Uh, and so that helps, you know, that, that certainly helps because, you know, you look at what these teams are and who these teams are. And, and for Tom Brady to be skewed towards the pass as much as he is, leads the league that way. Uh, but yet to be third and yards after the catch for a quarterback, that's significant. Um, and then for Jalen Hurts and, and, and a balance attack Philadelphia Eagles team, uh, to be, have yards after the catch in the top 10, uh, and then on top of that, have a balanced attack from a running game. And, and so certainly if Jalen can run the football, I think this extra week that they allowed themselves to will really help. Mm -hmm. I had the AC joint. I had both of them done at the same time, right. but he's got the SC joint, which is in inside. You know more about this than I do, but do I? I mean, just because I mean, my dad, my dad, just because my dad, just because the doctor Corey Wilson is, uh, and my mom, Doctor Susan Wilson, you might have had a conversation. Both, or not. Uh, each co combined sixty years of ER uh, knowledge as doctors. That doesn't mean it's just osmosis. <laughs> I'm did, not a I'm not a licensed medical professional. Did you have a conversation about it though? Not really. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while we talk medical stuff. It usually just it goes yeah. right over the head. But, but you know, the land but thank on you for including Okay, me. absolutely. The land on it. <laughs> the land on it though. I mean, I, I think you gotta he's gotta protect that. That's that's the whole okay. point. Uh and but I think the extra week will allow him to maybe play more like he played earlier in the year. So mm -hmm. I mean the Eagles is top heavy. Uh I don't know which one's Georgia. San Francisco? Or or is Jalen, by the way, in, in Philly, are they Alabama? I mean, who knows? Right. Or is it switched? I can't help but thinking with, with watching Jalen Hurts, whose numbers on the season, who were, if you look at the EPA per play, combined with completion percentage over expectation, two metrics I value the most when evaluating quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Hurts was number two of all quarterbacks behind only Patrick Mahomes on the season. Last week, and it, admittedly, very sam small sample size with a lot of rust coming off two straight missed games but also against a bunch of backups for the Giants who had nothing to play for. Hertz was 30th out of the 39 quarterbacks who took a snap. And it, it looked like the confidence on making throws was not there. He was be, a number of times, Mike, I watched him bail out of, yeah. of reads early. If the first read wasn't there, just took off and started running. That's the type of thing that got Philadelphia in trouble last year against an elite run defense of Tampa Bay. Right. If they match up with San Francisco, who I would argue is a better run defense than Tampa Bay had a season ago, that matchup won't go well at all for Philadelphia, mm -hmm. even, if that even if that game is at Lincoln Financial Field. So to me, San Francisco should be favored. If you gave me one bet and a free $100 bet on one future in the NFL playoffs, San Francisco at 2-1 to one to win the NFC would be that bet. Uh, if it even gets to San Francisco, Philadelphia, it wouldn't shock me, honestly, Mike, if Philly were to yeah. lose in their first game. You know, in these two teams, even though their schemes are different, um, I'm very familiar with both of them. Obviously played in a West Coast style with Kyle or Mike, his dad, um, and then uh, Shane Steichen used to be the quarterback here in UNLV, and Mike Sanford brought this offense from Utah, who produced Alex Smith, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, and so Brian Johnson is the quarterback's coach. I mean, uh, there's so much familiarity for this situation for me, but um, I, I think the roster favors San Francisco, the complete roster, the defense. I mean, their defense is historic. Uh, at least on a pace to be that way. Uh, you know, the, the Eagles defense got banged up along the way a little bit, key players, and then offensive line too. You got, you got to look at that. I think uh, all three phases really, uh, with Debo back to 
uh, yeah, the 49ers, if you ask me, has they have the best roster, uh, even though the quarterback's situation is different. And then you can't help but worry about the run defense of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. especially given the top-level teams they'll have to face if they make this run. San Francisco, notably a, a run-heavy team with multiple weapons, the Debo Samuel and a Christian McCaffrey. It's Philadelphia, 22nd on the season in overall rush defense on an EPA per play basis. So they've really relied on being a shutdown pass unit Mm -hmm. to force teams to be one-dimensional. Yet the pass defense has leaked a little bit from 3rd to 13th. If you look at the final five-week sample size from week 13 on here to the end of the season, that gives me some concern as well. So it's a long way of saying I, I don't see Philadelphia getting out of the NFC. Wouldn't surprise me if San Francisco gets gets three home games, honestly. It's just a matter of, can Dallas figure it out this week against Tampa? Do the Giants pull an upset? Can 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 they find some late-season uh, life there, even though the matchup had, did not go well when two teams were at full strength? Philadelphia uh, cleaned the doors, uh, wiped, wiped the doors off there for, for the New York Giants. Something about Philadelphia, though, it just doesn't add up to me. Is, yeah. is the point here coming in. Well, I mean, they're limping in. That's why. You know, even though there's two teams that you want to highlight here we want to highlight with the nfc but uh no you know san francisco they got through their injury situation and now uh they're clicking all with all cylinders right and now the eagles are they were limping okay jalen save the day give us the number one seed okay we do that but it wasn't in convincing fashion but who they will face is the other big question i think we have to do a deeper dive on tampa dallas (laughs) because jerry jones owner comes out today and says mike mccarthy's job status is not dependent on this game so take that for what it's worth we'll break down that game as well as the saturday game with san francisco and seattle still to come this hour the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world western nations like the u.s and europe mexico will likely have its first female president and then you have china and help you understand what's happening what it means and why it matters he'll get his yo-yos to europe in time But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock, he might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Back with Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson. I feel like I, I know you pretty well, Mike. You do. We've worked together a couple of years now. Yep. Feel like you are going to like Tampa Bay this week against Dallas. <laughs> I just have that inkling. Cowboys two and a half point favorites yeah. right now in Tampa. Am I am I right on that? You are correct. See, um, I know this. Game yeah, so I can I can do more with that game. I think with with Tampa okay. as a dog. Uh, and you love I, the teasers too. There are fewer and fewer opportunities once you get to the playoffs. Yeah. But a, a, a Stanford Wong teaser from the three and the seven through both of those key numbers. I got to mm-hmm. think that. That will feature heavily on a lot of people's cards this week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, we're showing, I think we're going to show three, but like, um, that's going to be interesting too, right? Like where that number's going right. to be. A couple of threes right now in the yep. market are, are heavily, heavily juiced to Tampa yeah. uh, at minus 120. Most shops have gone back two to and two and a half, and a lot of those two and a halves are juiced to Dallas. So right. to, we're going to do that uh, little dance this week between yes. two and a half and three. Right, right. And, you know, Brady and the, what the streak over the Cowboys and all this stuff, the pressure on McCarthy. I mean, Kellen Moore, oh my goodness. <laughs> he, he could mess it up. Dak could mess it up. Like, are the interception, is the interception for Dak Prescott going to come early or is it going to come late? I mean, I, he's going to throw it. He's going to do it. Like, if it comes early, then maybe they can overcome situations Pollard you know banged up a little bit so you're down to Zeke uh and Zeke's not anywhere near electric uh from that standpoint you know I I go back to that stat I mentioned about yards after the catch for QB Mm -hmm. and that's Tom Brady in a nutshell Uh, I looked on the list and I could not find Dak Prescott so you are certainly relying on scheme stuff which Kellen Moore has Mm -hmm. done 
uh, Dak gets in trouble with that because, okay, you're trying to fit a ball in a spot that you probably shouldn't throw the ball to. Uh, and then if your scheme, you think that you have an advantage and then, okay, the defense is ready for you, now what? Uh, and from a playmaking ability too, that tells you that the Cowboys are limited. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is an amazing receiver, right? But what if they take him away? You know, Michael Gallup, can you be a difference maker? Can you be a playmaker? You know, uh, Schultz, are you, he's not Kelsey type, right? So that's why there's so many different advantages when you look at what Tom Brady's been able to do, but getting the ball out of his hands so quickly uh, and these receivers being able to run with it after mm -hmm. the catch uh, as well. Yeah, and thinking about, will that neutralize the speed of, of Dallas if Tom Brady and the Bucks are getting the ball out quickly? Mm -hmm. Also the fact that this, this whole turf versus grass debate that is now all of a sudden become the, the key in some circles toward the performance for Dallas this week. Cowboys 1-4 and four on natural grass surfaces this year. Only win was as 14-point favorites against Tennessee on a short week. Uh, you played. You played both on turf and on mm -hmm. grass. Is, it as, is that as big of a thing as everybody's making it out to be? Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. Okay. When, I mean when I played, the turf was carpet. So we, had, we were wearing tennis shoes. Um, and you just wanted light shoes and all that. But uh, you thought about the natural surface a little bit more. You know, whether it was high grass or low grass. And, uh, okay, am I using the screw-in cleats or am I using the molded ones, right? And uh, either way, you wanted to be fast. You wanted to feel like you're fast out there. So, uh, you know, going from a dome kind of stadium to that surface, Dallas is familiar with it. They played out there a number of times. I wouldn't go back a few years ago when we saw the shootout. I wouldn't do that um, because Dallas is so different. Dak is different. Um, and he, gosh, he's made so many mistakes. But then also, so do the Cowboys. I mean, in general, the Cowboys lack discipline. Um, you know, they're they're out of places sometimes. They have breakdowns defensively, which is which is strange. And Quinn's being interviewed. The defense coordinator is being interviewed for a head coach again. So there's added distractions right there. It's totally fair. Mm -hmm. You wonder on the on the Dak Prescott front, who remember we. We just listed how bad Jalen Hurts was in our last segment, just in a one-game small sample size, 30th out of the 39 quarterbacks in advanced metrics who, who took snaps in Week 18. Prescott was 38th, 38th. out of 39. Okay. Which makes yeah. sense when yes. you throw multiple picks right, right. and you don't get a first down for an entire half. Mm. Uh, yeah, you can see how, how that would essentially happen. 11 interceptions now over the last seven games for mm. Prescott. I, I wonder, though, is this, is this just Dak making bad decisions, or is it an offensive line that we assumed would take a huge step back with the Tyron Smith injury at left tackle in preseason that if you look at the run blocking numbers are a right. bottom eight unit overall, is, is it more on the offensive line? Because to me, the distinction is really, really important when you consider the strength of Tampa Bay and their ability to get after the quarterback. Yeah. If it's Because if it's offensive line, I think that's where Dallas has really, really big issues. If it's just Dak, I actually would have confidence in him just – reversing course for a game or two at a time, knowing the stakes and understanding it's just on him to make the right decisions, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I get it. It was 15 interceptions now in the season too, which is alarming to 23 passing touchdowns. I, I think it's a combination. It always is. It's never one person in football. Yeah. Um, the running game though for the Cowboys, I mean, I would really dive in uh, with your metrics there to find out if it is the offensive line. Um, because if they are having a trouble, having trouble protecting Dak or making it difficult, okay, we can lean on a running game a little bit uh, and get through that way. Uh, you know, Tampa really diving into their roster because of the injuries and because of the age of that roster. 
uh, you know, they got a lot of banged up people in the secondary. Uh, so, you know, uh, Bowles can't be what he wants to be in terms of disguising and trying to fool the quarterback. You know, you kind of have to line up. They're going to get after you with Devin White and the speed and, and things like that, but they don't have what they normally would have, you know, Shaquille Barrett and people like that off the edges. And uh, so they're going to have to invent things or invent ways. But, you know, leaning on Tom Brady, who wanted to stay hot throwing the football, and they don't score a lot of points. I get that. But, um, man, to neutralize Dallas in that strength of that defense with the fact that he can get rid of the football and they mm -hmm. can still make plays, that, that, that does make this game in uh, myself leaning towards the Buccaneers here. Yeah, yeah. and it's like it's why, to me, the Tampa team that has been, that started the year really, really strong, it, it's interesting. We came into 2022 saying, Tampa Bay, elite run defense. Mm -hmm. What will the pass defense look like? The season started, and the first half of the year, Bucks were a below-average run defense team, but the pass defense was keeping them in games. That is now totally flipped, even in, even in this back half of the year where the Bucks have found a way to close the season with like, three wins in their last five, narrowly winning the NFC South. The Bucks, though, since week 13, Mike, 26th defending the pass on an EPA mm -hmm. per play basis, yet the run defense is back up to being that elite unit that we all remembered it, top five. So that's why, to me, if Dallas is able to protect Prescott as right. a quarterback, he is going to have success passing mm -hmm. the ball in this game, and we, are, we will look at ourselves and maybe over thinking of an overreaction a little bit to some of the struggles late in the year. But that, so to me, it's more on the offensive pass protection. And right. It's just something I don't know how much you can really trust for Dallas heading in. Yeah, I mean, overlooking it is one thing. I, I think you had to respect it. Like, for instance, he's got, what, 14 interceptions or whatever. And I just mentioned it, uh, kind of glossed over it. Like, is he going to throw an early pick or a late pick? If he, yeah. if he throws early picks or makes early mistakes, Dallas is good enough to overcome it, uh, to your point, right? And then you combine that with the secondary situation uh, for Tampa. Uh, you know, they can overcome some early mistakes. And that's something to keep in mind, you know, if you do like the Cowboys, and uh, certainly under a field goal, uh, laying it on the road. But um, if it's a late situation, then it's Houston, then it's Jaguars, you know, then it's teams mm -hmm. that they struggle with, right? And, um, you know, and, okay, well, they have to pull out a victory uh, at the last minute or on the last drive situation. So, that's where it gets difficult, I think, in the playoffs, and, and in particular going up against Tom Brady that right. way. Well, and it, look, Tampa Bay, if we're looking at the other side of the ball, the, the offense of Tampa versus the defense of Dallas, this is the most unbalanced offense in the league, Tampa. I mean, <laughs> it is right. pass, oh, pass, yeah, yeah. and pass the ball yeah, some more. Right. And look, on, on one sense, you say, well, that can't, that can't manifest into positive things in a playoff game. And especially against Dallas, number one rush defense over the last five weeks. You would think that would only increase the level of passing that Tampa Bay looks at. I, I don't know. How do you see that, that, uh, that general dichotomy playing out where Dallas has struggled defending the pass? That's the only thing Tampa really does. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, Tampa should have some success passing the ball and, and having success on offense. I just It's never that, that easy and well, simple. Well, how we would look at it uh, as players and coaches, you know, we would go over tendencies. You know, tendencies with the players and tendencies because they're matchups too. Like if you think about Tampa, what kind of favorable matchups could Tom Brady get to that he likes and enjoys? Mike Evans seems to be out of a slump now. Uh, if he's on Diggs or if Diggs is shadowing him, then that could open up some other things for Tom Brady. Uh, and then Quinn as a defensive coordinator. I mean, if you're familiar with him and how he calls and sets defenses, uh, that gives you an edge too. And you know Tom Brady to be that type of quarterback. Right. It's just if Dallas sits back and says, hey, 
We we know what you want to do. We we have so much trust in our front four mm -hmm. of a run block, a run defending unit. We're just going to dare you to run the ball. <laughs> and Donovan Smith left tackle, Robert Hainsey center, both questionable yep. coming in for Tampa. Yep. I don't know how that works. Maybe this is all what we're probably coming to is maybe an underlook here, 45 and a half, because I have real doubts about Wolf Offer. Okay. In. That's fair. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Is that a weird roundabout way no, of liking no. the under? I think it might be. <laughs> it's not we weird. It's not weird at all. Uh, when we come back on the show, Josh Applebaum from Beeston Morning Daily Bets. He has thoughts on two of the six wildcard games. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on Beeston with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the Sports Betting Network. That is vsin.com slash subscribe. One of our experts is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Applebaum, who joins us from Boston, host of VEASAN Morning Daily Bets. You sometimes see him on ESPN in the lead-up to Monday Night Football with his uh, DraftKings betting <laughs> breakdowns. Uh, Josh, I, we, before we get into the NFL wildcard thoughts from you, very tough game to handicap from the line movement perspective last night in uh, Georgia TCU. A lot of people come out of that today and we always try to do the autopsies and figure out lessons we can apply going forward. Uh, what did you learn from uh, last night in a line that moved all over the place? Yeah, Ben and Pritch, it's great to see you guys. And I think it's a great teachable moment from last night. And I think the teachable moment to me is don't get locked into a play too early because we saw early movement toward TCU. Remember, we had Georgia opening minus 13 and a half. The early move was toward TCU all the way down to 12 and a half or 12. And I'm saying, okay, this is nice. We got Bulldogs who've covered a ton of numbers. Uh, historically and this year you have a lot of system matches on bulldogs the line's going to tcu but my angle there was hey you know if you bet tcu early which i made a mistake and i like tcu early the problem there was you know you got to look at the complete line movement it's not just the early movement it's the entire uh kind of metamorphosis of the line and as soon as it got down to 12 i was going to say okay what's the next move here does it continue to fall to tcu is there a point in the back of my head i was like is there a point at a low watermark at where it gets so low that wise guys say, hey, we got to hammer Georgia here? So I think the point being was, you know, when you have such a long uh, lead up to a game, guys, I know there's only like, what, like seven days, eight days, nine days, something like that. My whole angle would be you want to get a good number early, but you don't want to get locked in to something that could change later. So the whole point being, I'm going to wait a bit, little bit later when we get to these championship games, because when you got down to 12, 12 and a half, then you saw that big steam move late. Uh, again, game day movement is so important to me. That's when really the big bets come in. And the other angle is, you know, TC was always the trendy dog. My my own bias, biases, and that's the big thing in betting. Try to get your bias out of the way. I was saying, hey, we're getting big points here. I got a lot of dog system matches. We got a line move toward TCU. But TCU became a very, very trendy dog. And I want to bet against those trendy dogs. So the thing I'll, I'll learn moving forward is that, you know, again, whether you won your bet or lost your bet last night, if you took TCU, you know, and you, and you took the points and you lost there, no big deal. You lose a unit, you lose a bet. Just apply it moving forward. Next time you see a big game like that where the public is all over the dog, but late movement is going toward the favorite, you know, even though it's a big number there, obviously it wasn't big enough as Georgia rolled. So we'll fade the trendy dog spot in a big championship game. I'm going to keep an eye out for that next time. Yeah, you know what, Josh? Uh, you know me. I file things away. And so I'm curious about <laughs> this from your perspective. Uh, the SEC has been so dominant in this college football in the format that we have. We're going to have it for a few more years here. And, like, I mean – 
Cinderella or no Cinderella. It's like what program that's out there that could really upset um, the SEC at this point, whether it's Alabama or, or Georgia or, or even LSU, if they got it going. So it's like, you know, from a future standpoint, do you, do you look at that? Like if, if you're going into college football and you're looking at the futures market and you're going to go in there and say, okay, where's the SEC at? Uh, because of how dominant that trend's been right now. Uh, and then just the, po- the probability or lack thereof of any other conference or team upsetting this run by the SEC. Yeah, it's a great point by you, Pritch. I don't know. Can Deion Sanders and your Colorado Buffs make some <laughs> noise next year? Give us a couple years. Give us two years. Give yeah, us two years. Give it a couple of years. I'm with you. But I think you bring up a great point, Pritch, and you know this. It's kind of the pedigree of, of your program and the kind of player that you can recruit. Because the SEC, if you're a big-name college player, you're going to want to go to the SEC. The best coaching, the biggest spotlight here. Uh, you saw, obviously, Kirby Smart talking about we want to go hunting last night. And I think that mindset of being in the biggest conference and being battle-tested throughout the year. If we make an analogy toward college basketball and March Madness, it's like if you're in a really good conference where you're in those you know battles every single night, uh, we get raucous environments, really good quality of opponents, strength of schedule, that's battle-tested like it's going to help you later in the year. So to answer your question, Pritch, I don't really see uh, many teams challenging SEC for a while here. You know, you look at Georgia, they're plus 275. Can they repeat and go a three-peat? Kind of like the Tampa Bay Lightning had that shot a couple years ago. Uh, but Pritch, uh, moving forward, you know, SEC, like here's the other thing though. What if it's two SEC teams? Like, you know, we had Georgia, Alabama last year. To me, that might be a little more of a value play. But if you have a pedigree of like, you know, David versus Goliath, uh, you know, David once in a while will win, but most of the time Goliath wins, and obviously that's what happened with uh, Georgia last night. Certainly what we saw uh, last <laughs> night. Uh, to the NFL we go, Josh, to early week lines that have uh, not moved so much, but at least to you are drawing some notable interest right now. Uh, first off is the rematch between the Giants and Vikings. Just played on Christmas Eve. Vikings closed four, four and a half, won the game by three. It's a flat three pretty much everywhere for this rematch, Josh, between the Giants and Vikings in the wild card. What's catching your eye on, uh, on early here in the week with that movement? Yeah, so Ben, real quick, when we get to the NFL playoffs, this is one of my favorite times of year to bet on uh, football or any kind of sport in general because the contrarian value of betting against the public really ticks up. You're going to have a lot of people who may not have sweat you know, year, you know, know, every week with us at VEASAN uh, throughout the regular season, but they're going to bet the playoffs. So you get a ton of more, ton more action here. It's kind of like March Madness bowl game. So just going against the public, to me, I get really excited about that when you get to the playoffs. Also, if you look this year, guys, we had dogs cover 56% of the time. You look at the postseason, though, if you look at just the last five years, Dogs bark even louder. Uh, last five years, wildcard weekend dogs in particular are 16 and 8 against the spread, 67%. So, whole point being there, you get to the playoffs, big public money uh, in action is coming in here. A lot of bias is involved in the market. Go against the grain, public likes favorites. You look at the dogs. So, you mentioned it, Ben. The first one I'm looking at is the New York Giants. The Giants are on the road at Minnesota. And this is kind of the lack of line movement that kind of gets me excited about the G Men. You know, you open Minnesota minus three, and we haven't moved off of three. It's still three minus 110 painted both sides. And that's notable because the uh, the the, uh, the Vikings here are the big public play. They're getting around two thirds of bets across the market. So if everyone's betting Minnesota, and again, wait a little bit, you know, public's going to get you know more involved in the game a little bit later in the week. But if you have heavy betting here, in Minnesota as a big public play, why aren't they up to three and a half? Why didn't they go to four? Why hasn't that line moved at all? To me, this would be a line freeze. The fact that you have heavy betting one side, but the line won't move, tells me that uh, the books are reluctant to go to three and a half and give out the hook to the G-men. So I'm going to wait and see if maybe it becomes so lopsided the hook pops up for a second. So I'm going to look out for G-Men plus three and a half. If not, I'll just take the G-Men plus three guys. They're only getting around a third of bets, but almost 55% of the money. That's a really good low bets, higher dollar bet split. 
Uh, you mentioned it, Ben. You know, G-Men covered. They lose by three. I think the, it was around three and a half in that game back in December. But also look at the G-Men, what they've done recently. You know, they rested their starters week 18. You still battled hard and covered against Philly. And Minnesota's kind of been a paper tiger all year. You talk to odds makers. You know, we had situations where they were a dog with this great record. They don't have a great point differential. To me, it's a good spot to back the G-Men. Very well-coached team. Contrarian spot. These dogs have barked loud in wildcard weekend. I'm, I'm holding out for a hook. If not, I'll take G-Men three, uh, plus three. Negative three point differential. Last time I checked. <laughs> That's what I was a, looking for, Ben. 13 and 14, <laughs> wow. not what you would expect, yeah. Mike. Well, how about this next game? I mean, I, I, we are oppo here in the studio in terms of our leans, Josh. Uh, <laughs> what the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Chargers. It's a pick em. Uh Those are starting to pa- uh, pop up here. What do you think about this matchup? So this one's fascinating here, Pritch, because this is kind of the biggest line move of any game this wild card weekend. We've seen some move, uh, games move up, you know, like a half point here or there. We've seen some totals move a little bit. Uh, but really, this is the big spread movement that we've seen thus far for Wild Card Weekend. And it looks like the sharp money is going with the Jags in this one because you open the the LA Chargers uh, minus two and a half on the road. Chargers are a public play. How do you not take Justin Herbert in this spot? They're getting about 67% of bets here. However, they open laying two and a half. Look at our VEASAN board right now. It's down to one. Some books I even saw were, were touching uh, toward a, a pick em play here. So just from the standpoint of if every if the majority of betters are taking Herbert and the Chargers who have a better record, why are the odds makers dropping this line to make it easier for the public to cash on the Chargers? That tells me you're taking in some respected money here on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, guys, we talk about, you know, going contrarian, looking at dogs when it comes to the postseason, they bark even louder, but also line moves. Line moves are really critical here because when you get to the playoffs, you can talk to the odds makers. You know, when they're setting their numbers, they're really sharp to begin with. But then when you have this such a big sample size of data and box scores and information on these games, by the time you get to the playoffs with a lot of big money on the line, these these opening lines are really even sharper than usual. So if you see a move off an opener, that tells me you're taking in a lot of big money here, forcing the bookmakers to adjust their already sharp really number. So the fact that it went Chargers minus two and a half, they're the public play, but now we're down to one or even inching to a pick them. Uh, we have this line move to uh, the uh, the line move wildcard weekend. It's 58%, 25 and 18 against the spread. You just take a line move. That's a team that covers. So I'm looking toward the Jags in this one. They've had to, they won four straight. They had to eke in and win a game to just punch their ticket. Everybody's betting Herbert. Guys, this is primetime dog, uh, only getting 30 something percent of bets and heavily bet primetime game. I'm looking at the Jags in this one. I'll take the points, okay. maybe even money line. You know, it's interesting, too, how like a lot of the offshore or East Coast openers were two and a half, like you said, Josh. And then a lot of the like the respected money books in Nevada, where we're at, a lot of them open pick them. So it's always yeah. interesting. Like, I'm, I'm not sure how you try and conflate both factors at play, but it's at least interesting to see when you get big differences of opinion like that. That's a great point by you, Ben, because, you know, when I talk openers, some people might say, hey, I didn't see that opener. I see a different number. Well, I'm looking at kind of the global market as the opener with some of the respected books. Then I'm comparing that to the big respected books in Vegas, like Circa, like South Point. So depending on which opener, I still look at, hey, which way is the line moving? And does that make sense with the betting percentages? doesn't really make much sense. People are betting chargers. Line's going to Jags. Absolutely. All right. Josh Applebaum, give him a follow at Josh underscore insights, host of VEASAN Morning Daily Bets and the Market Insights Podcast. Josh, as always, great to see your smiling face here with us on the Lombardi line. Best of luck with your plays here for Wild Card Weekend. Ben and Pritch, always a pleasure. All right. We have one more segment to go, Mike. This yep. show is just thrown by. It yes, always yes. seems to happen. <laughs> I got a question our, for you. Uh, uh-oh, Mike has a question for me? Really? <laughs> yes, I do. All right, we'll, we'll discuss next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist Season 2, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program 
including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I hear you have a question for me. I do. Richard? I what? do. So we, we were talking with Josh Applebaum. Yes, and, we were. You know, Josh is so astute with this in terms of uh, dog-to-fave right situations. Yeah. And now that Jacksonville Chargers are getting close to a pick pick 'em at some shops, mm-hmm. uh, could we see uh, a dog-to-fave situation in that game? What do you think? I don't, I don't think we see it. To me, the difference of opinion is so mm-hmm. stark in the market between oh. with how high people are uh, and how negative people are mm-hmm. on both Chargers and Jaguars. Like to me, yes, should the Chargers have really been laying nearly a field goal? Probably not. Okay. But now the line comes back the other way. I think it's if if the Jaguars if they do flip to a favorite at all, Mike, this week, I imagine that's when you see immediate bites at the apple on mm. the Chargers. So it kind of it has that feel. When these are two tightly lined, tightly rated teams, that you're probably not going to see this go much further off the pick'em or one. Uh, right. Way, I'd say. So as a teaser player, I mean, if you tease either side, I mean, That's that a, could be look, attractive could for you. you yes. Right? T- if you still find some Jaguars yeah. ones in them, there are a couple ones still in the market. Mm-hmm. Take those, get them to seven. If it happens the other way, do you tease? If there's a, if there's a uh, common thread team you really really like yeah. this week would you like to try to get through seven though i think right yeah i mean yeah. that's that is usually a yeah. right the the hope if you're trying to get a yes a, especially a wong tease mm-hmm. you get through three and the seven and I, do i think this gets to jaguars minus one and a half i would be stunned if it got okay. that high yeah there would be enough buyback to me <laughs> if it after it goes through the pick to the one yeah uh, where it would come back the reason jaguars. why i ask is because we do have the injuries right with williams right. and bosa and stuff so i mean you just and Staley, the fact that he caused that situation. Yes. I, look, if Mike Williams were to be ruled out, it'd probably worth a you know a half point mm. to the line, and, okay. and maybe you see uh, yeah maybe you see the Jaguars again get to one. That's okay. just my my hunch at least. Early okay. in the week, a lot of pickums uh, right. in the market right now. Uh, you know what we haven't done yet. We saved it for the best for last, Mike. <laughs> okay. Right route, wrong route, <laughs> playoff <saved> <laughs> edition. Let's go for people new to the show. Mike Pritchard is a former NFL wide receiver, college football national champion. So we like to look at who he is. Liking and who he is not really fond of based on uh, on the routes that he used to run. So who's on the right route? Who's on the wrong route this week in the NFL? What where are we starting with? Mike? Yeah, I mean who we're going to start. We're going to start with the right route. I mean I think this is bettable information, by the way, and uh, actionable is. information. Uh, and you know, at your discretion, of course, right? Of course. But running the right routes right now. I mean the Chiefs, uh, they're incredible. Uh, they've won what ten of their last eleven games. I mean Patrick Mahomes, that elite player, elite quarterback uh, in the league. As we see, look at this last five games. I mean, as they matriculate, they actually got better by getting rid of one of their best players. Uh, Patrick still threw for over 5,000 yards, 5,200 yards. Uh, I talked about the yards after the catch. I mean, that's what makes Kelsey so dangerous. That's why, that's why they wanted Juju, and that's why they have Tony. I mean, it, it right. just keeps going on and on and on with what the Kansas City Chiefs can get to. Pacheco at the running back position is incredible, too. So, uh, and that's losing... Edwards E. Lair. Who's that guy now? I mean, right? But another stat that just stands out for me in terms of big play passes greater than 25 yards, Patrick Mahomes has 49. The next closest person is Jared Goff with 35. So not only the run after the catch, but they can generate big plays too. So they're clicking on all cylinders, running the right routes all over the place. Uh, and one of those teams, uh, you know, if you were able to get down on the on the Chiefs 
uh, at a favorable price to win the Super Bowl uh, a few weeks ago, uh, you're working with something right now. Right. So even even though we all we all kind of feel like the top three in the AFC are really really. Mm-hmm. The margins are very narrow at this point, and there shouldn't be much, and there isn't much separating the two or the three teams outside of the fact that the Chiefs have the bye and right. pseudo home field. I guess we'll call it that right now with the potential for a neutral site game. You still enter the playoffs, and you clearly feel like they, they would be your number one power-rated team coming in. Right now, yeah. I mean, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, like we're looking at the odds right now, a few weeks ago, obviously a better situation because the Bills would have been a favorite, and you know this is prior to everything that's happened. Um, even though the Bengals are... are, are starting to get hot too or have been hot um no i the chiefs man they just have the mentality uh too year in and year out that uh they're going to the super bowl and and i think with 13 seconds on the clock patrick mahomes has plenty of time you know he's proven that right so no they're they're totally running the right routes right now that will get talked about uh what maybe just a time or two if (laughs) if chiefs bills ends up being the afc championship matchup i just a hunch much that might get brought up okay as far as the wrong route Mm mm-hmm of no. all the teams, and it, look, with a bunch of mediocre teams mm-hmm. making the 14-team field, there are some options for you to go with here who you're not liking heading into the playoffs. What uh, what did you land well, on? Well, we do have top five teams now. Before, it was hard to find top five teams in the National Football League from a power ranking standpoint because you go Chiefs, Bills, and now you go Bengals, uh, and then you can go Eagles and, and the 49ers. Before, it was like four teams, you know, and okay, who was that fifth team? Was it going to be the Cowboys? It was the Vikings? No. Uh, I think the Cowboys uh, are running the wrong route. The Cowboys have double-digit wins, and everybody's still questioning whether or not McCarthy's going to be back next year. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what's going on with the Cowboys. And, you know, Dak Prescott, uh, with that contract, I wonder if Kellen Moore, uh, uh, if he's thinking or if he's forced to say, look, we're going to win these games with Dak. When the best path is to be more balanced and to utilize Pollard and uh, as more as, as much as you can, I, I think uh, from an explosive standpoint. Uh, but they don't have explosives. Uh, you know, they do at times. It's hard to create those. Uh, and then Dak has been prone uh, to throwing that critical pick, right, or making that critical mistake. So uh, they're running the wrong routes. I mean, they're not horrible routes, but they I, they need to start running right routes. In other words, to, to trust them more. Don't have much time because uh, you, you go to Tampa this week. Kind of important to start finding yeah. the right routes. I look and I still looking at the overall numbers from the full season. And again, you have I think a good lesson for betters to take in as a as a pro tip heading into the playoffs. You do need to weight the more recent fi- final five to six week form mm-hmm. heavier than you would normally weight your full season numbers. That's mm-hmm. just a good general thought to take in. And also, don't overreact to. If a team played early in the season against you know, the opponent they're facing, don't weigh that early season game like the Charger-Jaguar game from week three, the Cowboy-Buccaneer game from week one. Right. It's really irresponsible to take those sorts of games and weigh them very, very strongly in your handicap. So a couple of things to keep in mind mm-hmm. going forward. So as much as the recent four, Mike, you're spot on, it's not pretty for Dallas. Their ceiling to me is still so much higher than Tampa's. And if they are able to come together, have a clear, concise, focused game plan and a good mm-hmm. week of practice. I still believe Dallas should win Should win the game, but it's a matter of trust there, and it is hard to have a lot of trust with what you're seeing out of that organization at this yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys got hot. Uh, you know, they lost one game down the stretch to Jaguars, got challenged by Houston, obviously. And, but look at the schedule. I mean, the Colts, the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay, they lost that game. Uh, There's a playoff team. Uh, the Eagles 
with Gardner Minshew almost won. They should have won. You could make a case they could have won. The Titans with the quarterback off the street uh, and then the commanders. Come on. I mean, look, week 11 <laughs> against the Vikings, like right. 40 to 3 win. That's the last time Dallas really That's played when they a were impressive. Quote unquote, you know, playoff so, uh, game. Yeah. Did they peak then? Or, uh, you know, are they, are they peaking now? I, I don't know. I can't make a case that they're peaking okay. now. So, runner. Speaking wrong to route. the wrong route. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Giants, one of the teams the Cowboys have beaten in that latest mm-hmm. stretch. Hard to know what to make of the Giants. What? Yeah. The, where did you land on? With to the be Giants? determined route. <laughs> so they're they're doing a little wiggle. Yeah. Are they gonna, maybe a trick player? Is too. it a, is it an option route? Like, will they choose the right option you know to go square in, or are they going to run the fly? See, Ryan, we should have oh. option route. This is the option route. Got him. Yeah, I know that was I, nice. Now my one contribution to the show comes with one minute left in our program. <laughs> right, it was great. Though. Option route. Yeah, you're going to highlight that. How did this I think option it, route? Right? Yeah, because you don't know what you're going to get now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. did, did they prepare themselves? Like we talked about. You know, my experiences in the playoffs and it's such a team that's been void of the playoffs for a while and uh, Dable did not elect to play key players. Okay, are they ready now for the playoffs? Uh, we saw some jitters from players and, um, you know, you haven't been in this situation before. If you're Daniel Jones and all that, did they do the right thing? Now, to me, it's informative because Dable's telling me as a better that we're not that deep. I can't mm-hmm. afford to get anybody hurt. Uh, and, and so key players, we're not going to play in that game. We're not going to play that much. Uh, so... You know, in a playoff game, if it's a physical matchup, which probably won't be against the Vikings, who knows? Yeah. Uh, the the Giants just are not that deep of a football team. The option route. We'll uh, remember, that, we'll remember that. Look at you. You're stuck week. in your head now. We got it. Okay, as we wrap up the show, <laughs> big thanks to our producer, uh, Brian Ortega, who helped us come up with this uh, right route, wrong route concept uh, earlier in route. the season. And, op- and now option route. Our technical director, Andrew Ringold, everybody else helping out behind the scenes, Liz Foster, Sergio Sanchez, Mikhail Bala, Andre Pariso, and Troy Kinch, as well as Rob Moreno. Thanks to the whole crew here at our Circus Sportsbook Studios. That's it for us on the Lombardi line. Up next on VEASAN, it is Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.